and welcome to the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Propsfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. Hello, moms. Thanks for joining. I have an amazing guest for us today, Dr. Barbara Vocatis. First, the mission of Two Mom is to Love is to support, encourage, and empower each other as imperfect moms to love as a verb. Join us and subscribe, share, and follow. Welcome to our community. I am thrilled to have Dr. Barbara Vocatis on the show with me today. Barb is an award-winning educator and a believer in dog therapy as an incredible way to help children in learning. She holds a Doctor of Literacy Education and is an international expert in incorporating dog therapy into education. She has been in the field of education for 30 years, taught all grades in both Poland and in the United States. Barb's golden doodle, Carmel, and her have been a therapy dog team for five years. She also is the author of the book, Carmel Goes to School. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome, and thank you so much for having me. Here is my dog, <laughs> Carmel. Hi, Carmel. So Carmel said hi. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure, Barb and Carmel. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much. So actually, you already told about me. I, I've been an educator for quite a few years and uh, working in academia in the United States for 10 years. Um, as far as the dog therapy, uh, we've been doing it with Carmel for five years, over five years, and um, started to experiment with this practice a little bit more, um, I think, well, over three years ago for sure with a wonderful um, teacher, Lucinda Ormiston, who couldn't join us today, but she is really, she's my friend and um, she's an amazing teacher who is uh, not afraid to experiment in her teaching profession. And uh, the three of us, uh, including my dog, I think we are making a difference for children we work with. Now, what is dog therapy and how can it be incorporated in the education and into well-being? So um, dog therapy has been incorporated in education um, quite a few years, but um, innovation, trying to do something more with incorporating dog therapy um, is not something that has been happening uh, at least I'm not aware of uh, another um, account uh, on social media that who would be showing uh, new practices in dog therapy. So I think I'm one of the first innovators in this area. Um, generally, what has been happening is therapy dogs come to educational institution to school and um, most of the work that they do voluntary work is helping children with reading which looks like this the therapy dog uh, comes in um, and works with a group of children sits down lays down and children read books to the dog and that is really actually very simple and very cool because the child gets a chance to read to the dog uh, as to a person, but reading to the dog is different because the dog does not judge uh, the reader at all if you make any mistakes or not. It's just an incredible practice, and this practice actually has been researched uh, a lot in, in, in the literature about the contribution from dog therapy and, and therapy dogs, of course. Um, well, there is also some other ways uh, the dog, that's what I'm doing actually and what I've been doing most of the time 
was just we, we just coming together, me and my dog, into the classroom. And um, the class is uh, children are learning something, a subject. And I am just walking around with my dog. And as we walk around the classroom and kids are paying attention and they're learning and the teacher is teaching, uh, we stop occasionally at each desk and then the child gets a chance to pet Carmel, sp spend some time with her, whisper something to her. And then we just go and then meet another child at another desk. And that's how it's going. I like this because in that way, you don't just meet a small group, but you get a chance to interact and the dog gets a chance to interact with the whole classroom. So all children get this um, uh, in a very simple way, really, no preparation necessary. They all get to interact with the therapy dog. And they and they learn it. It's not a distraction in any way. Well, maybe the first visit will be different because the dog is new. The children have haven't met the dog yet. They don't know how it's going to play out, and they need a little bit more um, different kinds of um, different kind of encounter, encounter the first time. But then we structure this with the teacher, and the teacher says, "Well, kids, you know, uh, Carmel will be coming here like uh, once a week." But you need to make sure that during the time you, you behave and, and um, are nice to Carmel and make sure you pet her when she comes to your desk. And that's just like that. And, and so it's very simple. And many um, therapy dogs, uh, therapy dog teams do something like that. Most of them, uh, from what I can uh, see and hear, and again, it's really documented literature a lot, do a lot with reading, like I mentioned. But um, what I've discovered with together with the collaborating teacher is that um, we've seen that, yes, children respond to my dog so well. And just this interaction alone lowers anxiety, elevates their sense of um, like joy in the classroom. So this interaction alone has a direct effect as far as um, learning. But after the COVID pandemic, uh, we have seen both of us, and especially the teacher, because she has kids every day. And I work in academia, so I don't see these children every day. But she um, discovered that their just literacy skills, writing, very, very low. And she's an experienced teacher. I mean, she's, she's got 20 years of experience in education, and, and she has children in second grade who can barely write a word. And uh, it's just very tough. How do you make them write? How do you encourage them to write? So that's really what started our thinking about how else we can incorporate Carmel into, um, into the um, curriculum in a way that hasn't been done yet, seen yet, to help children. Um, so I can mention... Um, at least one or two activities, if you would like me to right now, so the listeners yeah. can kind of have idea, right? What what's absolutely different type of activity that we figured out? So we started in a very simple way. One of the activities we did was um, when the school had the theme of kindness, um, we asked children in the classroom, "Hey, how is Carmel showing that she's a kind dog?" And every child wanted to describe how Carmel shows that she's a kind dog. And even the shy kids who usually don't raise their hands for whatever reason, they all wanted to say how Carmel is showing kindness. So we already mm -hmm. noticed that they were so much more um, connected to this question. And then we asked them, well, you learned from Carmel how to be kind, perhaps, can you tell us how what you've learned about kindness from Carmel you can show to others every day at home in school? And they started thinking, well, how would I learn from Carmel about kindness? I can show to my family at home, to friends in school. And we also talked to them about like how, how the dog can show kindness in a little bit different way because she is the dog. <laughs> She's not a person and people might show in a little bit different way. So there's all this kind of conversation that we had with them and that really is an application of how Carmel shows kindness to their own lives. 
And again, we got responses from children, deep thinking how they can do it. And um, every child wanting to respond, raising the hand because they are so connected to the dog. So anything about the dog, they want to talk about and they want to do this application. They want to do this deep thinking because it's connected to the dog. And then we, um, what happened is because I self-published a book about uh, my journey as a therapy dog team to uh, become certified in this field. Um, it was really not a big book, a simple book. And it had pictures of Carmel, of our family. I read this book to the children. And again, the teacher just let me do this in the classroom. I'm not the teacher. I am a therapy dog handler. But I come in and Lucinda says to me, why don't you start reading this book to the children? And we again started thinking about like, wait a minute, what we, what's going on in English in the classroom, in English language arts, so to speak? And um, visualization was going on. So uh, trying to imagine when someone reads something to you, you can close your eyes and imagine the whole scene. So kids were learning how to do this, how to visualize. And we thought about this. Well, let's read. She says to me, Lucinda, Barb, just read the book and we can do that. So that's what I was doing. I started reading the book to children. I read a part. And of course, they were so interested in how we became therapy team and how Carmel was starting to be a first when she was a puppy, all her adventures. And some things were funny, too. So they love when I was reading, and then occasionally I, I said to them, well, you know what? You've learned about visualization. I'm going to read parts about Carmel, and once in a while I'm going to stop, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read a part, and I'm going to ask you to think about this and try to imagine this whole scene, how it plays in your mind. So that's what they were doing. I came to the part, I stopped, I asked them to close their eyes. They all closed their eyes. They were like so serious about it. And I read the part, read, read a scene. Then I stopped reading the scene, their eyes still closed and I'm asking them to open their eyes and then share what they've seen as their eyes were closed and I was reading the scene. And again, everybody wanted to share. They imagined everything that I was reading about, but actually they imagined even more. They even created like extra fantasies about Carmel. It was just really amazing. And again, the teacher was telling me, you know what I've noticed? Usually when you ask a question, uh, children, um, you get some children give you the answers and others will just say like, well, I've got the same answer. But in this case, they all wanted to say something. They all wanted to say what they visualized. They want to participate. They're raising their hand. And then we asked them to draw a picture of the visualization and write about it too. And again, they all want to do this. Even kids who don't write, who can barely write a word, they want to write. They get ready to do this. And then we help them now with that. Lucinda is walking around the classroom. I am walking around the classroom with Carmel and they are immersed in this literacy activity um, that includes my dog. And then what happened is as I kept reading my book, children started to get interested in me as an author. They started asking the questions. Wow, uh, you wrote a book, you published this book. Wow, can we be authors too? <laughs> they were asking these questions, totally incredible. And these questions were coming also from kids who did not want to write. And that was incredible. From barely writing a word to a question, can I also write a book? Can I be an author? We were blown away. We totally did not expect that. There was, this was just an experiment. Let's see where we're going to go with this. And children, just to make a long story short, children ended up writing books um their own biographies those little books in second grade they have chapters they have introductions book covers table of contents all kinds of things like that we did That's amazing very simple, amazing very simple mini lessons 
and then um, when the project was done and I returned to the school um, the following year, these children were, they saw us in the hallway, me and Carmel, and they were running to us and they were saying, I still have my books over the summer. I kept writing more books. Uh, that's what they were sharing after several months, not seeing us. They were talking about books, writing, without me asking about books, anything at all. It was just like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> so that is just something Amazing. I wanted everybody to, to hear exactly. Um, it's, it's just totally about the power of teacher and um, therapy dog handler and the dog collaboration, closer collaboration and um, willing to try different things, really. Wow. I love that. I mean, that's incredible. I, so many things that I've been thinking as you've been talking and how so many ways that can be helpful. And with my healthcare background, yeah. I'm always, you know, like I, I've seen therapy dogs in the healthcare setting, which, um, you know, I think is interesting in itself. Um, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like safety is towards the bottom of what we, we need to feel safe before we can learn. And I think that's incredible that Carmel and dogs can promote that sense of safety and comfort and decrease that's, anxiety. Uh, I am glad to mention this. That's what um, I think is the key. And we were um, thinking together, myself with the collaborating teacher, uh, about the reasons, right? Why this happened, why mm. we get such an incredible uh, participation from children. It's this idea of, um, I think, um, yeah, having a friend in school. Like yeah. if we can imagine schools are just kind of, well, they they just schools, rooms with desks and chairs and uh, smart boards and, and, and all these things, but and there are teachers and there are psychologists, maybe one or two. But is this really a friendly environment for children when many of them have a lot of different issues? Uh, school mm. alone, the way it is, gives them anxiety. Yeah. So it's the idea of dog coming and being a friend friends to the child and then all of a sudden the child has a friend someone who is totally different it's not a teacher a we've had situations i remember before we started even experimenting when in the classroom one of the children did not talk did not talk to the teacher at all and again the teacher is a wonderful teacher but the child will not say a word in the classroom and then something happened when um i came with carmel i think carmel touched this boy with her nose like almost i mean didn't push him but it was just like touch him with her nose and he thought it was really funny and he looked at her and said carmel you came to see me i love you so much and oh. that was like first time he actually said some words <laughs> and so this is incredible incredible there is just a total totally different connection between the child and an animal and i would say even more that um, even the best teacher and the best psychologists in the school they are not capable of creating that kind of trustworthy bond um, with certain children who have high level of anxiety and for whatever reason they just don't feel safe uh, in school. Mm. That's amazing. I mean, I, yeah. and I'm even thinking of it from, again, comparing it to that healthcare background, but just because that's kind of like the environment that I've seen them most in. But I almost see the similarities where, like, for example, I know like when my baby had to have procedures, 
Um, she wasn't like a baby at the time. Like she was able to interact and kind of, you know, so a little bit older. But they brought in a therapy dog, really nice looking dog, very sweet. And she petted the dog. And um, I was so thankful that they brought the therapy dog in. But at the same time, I felt like I needed the therapy dog. It was almost like, can I pet this dog? Like, I, I need this yep. dog right now. Like, my anxiety is through the roof. Like, she's about to go in for surgery into the OR, and I need this dog. And it's and it's almost like that wording. Someone had mentioned that to me before who um, – I, I, they were in um, college doing some mm-hmm. dog therapy research, and they said – it's interesting because students will say, not I want to see the dog, but I need to see the dog. And there's this, yeah. the feeling that you need that. Um, and that's how I felt. And I, I think it was that I, I, I was scared. It was anxious. And I could see how these kids in the classroom that are struggling in whatever way, it, yeah. it, they 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 need the dog from that standpoint or or that that helps them in some way that humans yeah. can't do that's incredible they cannot do and another example of that we because after this uh, <clears throat> experimentation with children's writing we then the following year started experimenting with um, children with mouth mm. kids who are in remedial mouth groups because the teacher had uh, to change her teaching assignment we were not sure how we can incorporate caramel in math it was like what are we going to do well we don't know but guess what we're going to figure this out yeah and the math again um was just and it's, it continues just amazing amazing what we can do with the dog for math and in very simple way, but fun ways. But one of the boys I remember um, that was last year, he had deep behavioral issues. Second grader, he just, he kept hitting other kids. Mm. So it's like, how can you teach a group of children when one of them just keeps hitting other kids? And so he had extensive behavioral plans that had to be in place before teaching could even start. But when I brought Carmel, none of these plans were needed. He wow. totally switched his his brain activity, his uh, attention, totally switched gears. He became so uh, focused to on, on the dog. And uh, he was actually, actually, he was the boy who... Uh, was even coming up with some creative new activities we could do with Carmel. Mm. So his creativity was there even more than with other children. And he's the one who had such deep behavioral issues. But none of this was showing when we came. And I remember when I said to Lucinda, what is going on? These kids do so well with math and they are so well behaved what is going on? Why they are in remedial math? Lucinda says, yes, because you are here with Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was like, they are perfect. I don't understand what they're doing here. And wow. the power of the dog's presence can totally transform everything, behavior, and even uh, math skills. What these children show and what they can do is so much different than um, when the dog is not there. Mm. How do you incorporate math with the dogs? Uh, so, for instance, one of the latest activities we did, uh, it was just for simple math addition mm-hmm. facts. So, we, Lucinda had <clears throat> laminated leaves. They were just like paper leaves. They were laminated, and on each leaf you have an addition pack, like one plus two or something like that. We threw those leaves in the air in the classroom. um, And we also had circles and each circle had an answer. Mm. So children had to 
uh, just pick one of the leaves with an addition. And the fun already started with that and caramel, the fun with caramel, because let's say one child picks three leaves and he comes to Carmel and shows her those three leaves to ask Carmel, well, which one do you pick that I will do? Which, which calculation, right? Which addition? Carmel uh -huh. touches one of the leaves with her nose because that's what curious dogs do, right? Sure. <laughs> so oh. she touches one of the leaves and the kid is so excited. Carmel picked that I do this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just like that. So fun and so simple. So then mm. he gets, he, he has the leave picked by Carmel and he tries to figure out, let's say it's four plus four. So he's trying to figure out using his fingers or additional math supplies that the teacher has, what that is four plus four. And he thinks then, hmm, I think it's eight. And the teacher hears it. I hear it. And then we tell him, well, you need to find a circle that has um, the answer eight. And then we're going to ask Carmel to check if the answer is correct. So he's getting so excited. He goes, finds a circle that says eight. Then I come with Carmel <laughs> and listen to this part. And what my dog usually does when we stop after walking for a little bit, she sits down. So Carmel sits down right next to the leaf and the circle. And then we say, look at this. Carmel sat down. That means the answer is correct. <laughs> and, and, and the boy is just so excited. So Carmel says, I, I, and they just, they just so, um, so excited. It gives them even more excitement and willingness to, I have to try another leaf. And that's what's really happening on my Instagram account. I do post short videos that show um, these like highlights from these activities. But uh, this activity goes like that for half an hour. Goes by so fast that when it's done, nobody wants it to be over, mm. including the teacher and myself. We are so entertained and so blown away as far what children can do and how excited they are. And another thing too is they get a chance to um, move around during math. So that's another thing, this movement, movement around my dog to um, them approaching my dog with those leaves. Mm. This is a yeah. lot to do with actually movement and that additionally boosts their um just the joy and happiness on their faces uh, so that's really what's happening it's very simple but the dog literally participates in the activities and um becomes a teacher's assistant that's really what's happening the dog becomes the teacher's assistant carmel's a math checker and helps them in making uh, choices as far as which math calculation to choose and they're just so mm. excited about it so this is just one of the activities but at the beginning we did more with Carmel's kibble I would bring her some of her dry dog food and um, kids would use this to do addition um, subtraction or anything else using a Carmel's kibble they had special trays, plastic trays, where they manipulated. And then it was really fun, too, because uh, we said, well, Carmel is going to check your answers. Uh, we, uh, Carmel just came uh, closer to the tray, and uh, she just ate those five or six pieces of kibble. <laughs> and and, that would, and, and the, the child would just be so excited about it. Oh my goodness, she ate it all. That means I am correct. My answer was correct. <laughs> but this also created a lot of opportunity to talk about like what dogs eat, the quality of the dog food that we feed Carmel, what's in it. Um, a lot of other sort of content areas and conversations were happening too, not just math, but it connected to math, obviously. But they were just so excited about that.
Yeah. That's incredible. I can um, picture like just the, the neurons making new connections just as Carmel is helping these kids and how much learning they're doing in so many innovative ways that, and even like you were saying, like they're getting up and moving. It's, it's, it's education in a whole new light. And it's like almost like this paradigm shift of looking at it in a new lens of not just sitting at your desk and learning. I know I struggled with math so much when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah many kids do. Yeah. This growth mindset of, well, let me just practice yeah. and let me do mm-hmm. this. And I love how Carmel is allowing that for these kids where previously maybe they thought, oh, I'm not good at this or I'm not, you know, but then so wait, maybe I am. And maybe, yeah. you know, I, I, I can do this. The dog is already a friend, but then becomes so much more than a friend. And actually, this is also good for my dog, too, because mm-hmm. she likes to move around. Um, and she's a curious uh, doggo. <laughs> and uh, so this is good for her. Of course, we have to watch uh, animals involved. We cannot... In- we cannot do any kind of activity. We were thinking about we're throwing the ball, but then uh, I know that my dog gets very crazy as far as uh, balls, and that that is you, you cannot do it in the school in the classroom, so it needs to be uh, controlled. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the challenge that we have, right? We're trying to be innovative, but we have some constraints too because this is still a therapy dog session and you cannot just do anything you cannot turn yeah. it to a gym class um but yeah but there are ways to figure this out but i just wanted to mention all these many of these many lessons um, are described in detail in my book and they are just really very simple i mean if the dog doesn't sit down but just like wags her tail we tell children well carmel wags wags her tail that means your answer is good mm-hmm. and i actually even started believing that carmel really knows math <laughs> myself i started believing in this because it's just so much fun and uh i remember children's asking how is this possible how is carmel so smart <laughs> and then we tell them well because carmel listened uh when she was in school and that it gives them something more to think about. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's incredible. Tell us more about your books. I mean, I know that you have a couple books and um, they're all available on um, Amazon. And Is that right? Yes. So all of them are available on Amazon. The first self-published ones, one of them is about our uh, journey to becoming therapy dog team. It, it, the title is From Unruly to Therapy Dog. And there is... Uh, a little bit the title is a little longer then another one is uh on um my reflections and it includes um mm. interviews with teachers about before we started experimenting how my dog helped children uh through the eyes of teachers i interviewed and my last two books uh one of them is about this innovation and um, it's called Teachers and Therapy Dog Teams, Innovative Collaborations to Make a Difference for Children. In that book, I describe our journey, how this idea of collaboration to create some innovative activities with Carmel, how it started. So this is all described. I also provide um, lessons from all these activities we did. So it definitely has a very practical component. It can be used by teachers, by school administrators, but I also think that, um, and also by therapy dog teams would like to think of some more creative activities Mm. to do with their dogs. But I think that parents should really read this book because it would just give them an idea what is possible for their children, if this practice is uh, does take place in a school, and what is possible? So many children uh, have all kinds of issues, and even 
if the child does not have any anxiety, doesn't have anything else going on, um, that dog visit is also very powerful. So this is beneficial for every children, but for children with disabilities, with some, with anxiety and other things, uh, this is really, really very powerful because it can help substantially in a way that, like I mentioned before, even uh, the best teacher or psychologist will not be able to help sometimes. And I forgot to mention, and Carmel goes to school, with, which is a children's book. And um, mm. that won an award recently, actually. Uh, it can be really good for any classroom because it can be used as a tool to teach about how to welcome a therapy dog, how to interact with the therapy dog. But it teaches so much more. It teaches uh, children how to see um, children who are maybe a little bit different as uh, an incredible resources, actually. And they are available on Amazon. Yeah, I'll include all of that. And um, so the book for parents, you remind us the title again is Teachers and Therapy Dog Teams. Innovative collaborations. Yeah, teachers and therapy dog. Mm -hmm. Teachers and therapy dog teams. Innovative collaborations to make a difference for children. Uh, that's a book really okay. for teachers, therapy dog teams, school administrators, and so parents. Because once parents, yes, once parents find out about what's possible, they will be able to speak to yes. the school district talk about, share the book, and talk about the results, and advocate for this practice to be started. They probably won't be able to start overnight, because there is something that needs to be put in place before, um, well, first of all, therapy dog teams have to be invited, have to be sure, found, sure. right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's yeah. great to know, because that was my other question I had for you, because they I, I'm like, so I just feel like there's so many schools that could benefit from this and what's the first step. And so that's good to know, like this book is a good yeah. resource that you can, um, essentially present to the teachers, to the district saying, here's all the benefits. Here's what we're seeing. You know, let's have, let's start this conversation. Yeah. And by the way, in this book, we also provide some, um, some guidance in uh, for starting. We even share an example of a consent that parents would need to sign uh, to allow um, the dog to come in because we have to take all kinds of situations mm -hmm. into account. Some children might have allergies. However, very severe allergies to the dog are not very common, but all of this needs to be discussed between the teacher and uh, and the parents. It needs to be in place. Um, I, if, if I would um, advise as far as how to start, if the school has no therapy dogs whatsoever, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to start, one of the good way to start would be probably email contact some major therapy dogs organizations that are reputable there's mm. quite a few of them there are therapy dogs international there are there is pet partners then there is also alliance of therapy dogs so these organizations can be just googled they have contact information they can be contacted and they can be asked if there is any um, therapy dogs um, in that area, right? Therapy dog teams. Some of these organizations have local chapters. So you can then just uh, collaborate, communicate with a chapter as opposed to the whole big organization. Then there is an interesting organization that became very active recently, and this is much needed in this area because professional development in the area of dog therapy, it's just something that's yeah. only beginning. This organization um, is called Association of Animal Assisted Intervention mm. Professionals. 
but this organization can be contacted with questions like how to start, how to ensure that we as a school have proper way of starting this uh, this practice. So they can be contacted as well, I'm pretty sure. They provide professional developmental therapy dog teams, but they would be also glad as far as answering questions, pointing to some materials. They are very active, and I think that will be a growing um, association in this area of providing expertise, information, and professional development in this area. That's great. Is there anything you can do in the home? Like if you see them struggling with like math or reading, like um, if, if, I mean, I guess it would have to be, I mean, it sounds like these dogs are, are, are fairly well trained. So you can't just essentially like with <laughs> my dog in the background right now, she's a sweet dog, but <laughs> I don't know if she'll, <laughs> she would be uh, running around like a, a nut if I was trying to um, have her help with um, math problems with my kids. But at the same time, I can, I, I do understand how like you can still like kind of incorporate feelings and that in the home of like tone, how you talk and all. Like, it, it, is there anything that you suggest in the mm-hmm. home that we can start doing um, with that? That's a good question. So yes, my primary work is, of course, to um, include my dog, therapy dog, in the classroom. So this Mm -hmm. is a totally different setting. And at home, dogs are not therapy dogs, but they are informal therapy dogs, right? (laughs) So to speak. And uh, and they don't have to be trained. Uh, Again, the sky is a limit as far as uh, our Mm. creativity. Uh, one of the things we can do, I think, is uh, is uh, incorporate our dogs in creating a mindset for children. And by the way, I learn myself a lot mm. from my dog. And uh, too bad I didn't think about it earlier when my daughter was younger. Uh, we got Carmel when my daughter was 10 years old. And that was just amazing, amazing experience. But I think uh, talking to children about, uh, let's say the dog's name is, I don't know, Max or something like that. So talking about, well, look, look at your dog. Look at Max. Did you notice that Max is always curious about everything? Like when you take, when I take my dog to our yard, I just don't know how this is possible. Every day, our yard is a treasure mm. to her, like every day. And she she is interested in exploring it more. So we can model this mindset to our children. Uh, just like Max explores the yard, explore um, other things or topics in these mm. books, right? About, I don't know, it can be about ancient Egypt or something else. Like, I think uh, not using, that's not a good word, but um, connecting with the dogs and learning from the dogs and talking to the child about how we can learn from the dogs. And But we have to start with ourselves, right? As an adult, as a mom. Yeah. I've learned this from my dog. Guess what? So I think it would be good if you could learn that too. In that way, dog is really a part of the family and is a teacher, right? And we just have to think about these things, how to make these connections. So that's one way. Another thing too could be, well, we all have, uh, we have kibble at home, right? Now, I mean, no, no matter what everyone feeds the dog, it can be kibble, it can be real. I mean, food from scratch, everybody does something different these days or a combination. Why don't you use at home dog's treats dog dry dog foods to uh, for mouth with the child mm-hmm. as a parent you can do it very easily right and then mm-hmm. you can even try this idea of dog being a mouth checker the chance is that the dog will come and eat that kibble <laughs> especially <laughs> if the dog didn't eat um, anything yet in the morning and you maybe do an activity with your child saturday morning or after school isn't it something that we can do recreate at home, right? Using dog kibble or treats 
to do mm. the um, to do some math learning, math facts, practicing math facts in that way. Um, that's one of the activity. Um, I love that. For writing, for writing, uh, again, uh, writing something about the dog. Uh, that's a very simple idea. So it's just, yeah. it just really depends on yeah. depends on um, what we would like to boost or help with. But I just came up with these ideas right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, those are great ideas, Barb. I love that. Yeah. Thank That's you. Incredible. So, right, it's just all about this creativity and yeah, and just using the tools we already have at home um, to um, to incorporate them into writing, into math, or anything else, or even into learning a good mindset. Because I think that dogs have incredible mindset. And by the way, it took me so many years to actually like realize this. When I observe yeah. my dog, I think about how they know how to live their lives to the fullest. And we need to learn it all our lives. I don't know why it's the case, but that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important observation. I mean, I know recently, like I've just been so fascinated by animals and um, how yes. you can, yeah, like, and the tones that you, like, for example, like with my dog, like I talked in, um, in, uh, recently we did an equine therapy episode and I was talking about with my dog, I noticed if I am, my body language, like how my body language is, the dog yeah. listens to me more if I have more of an open, calm body language sometimes. And I thought that was so mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. that it's like, I can incorporate that, you know, just in other aspects of my life. And so yes. I'm, I, I'm absolutely learning that from the dog. The same with the steam of kindness. I mean, it can be incorporated at home too. If, uh, if there are siblings and they are not so nice to each other, sometimes it happens. <laughs> uh, the parent can say, well, well, look at Max. Uh, does he ever fight with you guys? And the children was like, no. Well, then guess what? Maybe you should learn a little bit from Max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We all but learn every from situation that. will be different, right? <laughs> every family situation will be different. And by the way, this can be done with other animals, with cats yeah. or any other animals, um, really, right? Because therapy animals, I mean, dogs is just um, the largest group of therapy animals. But there are organizations uh, such as Pet Partners, not every organization does it. They certify other therapy uh, animals, such as miniature horses, bunny rabbits, uh, llamas, and maybe even others that I don't know about. So, um, yeah, so I think that it's just being able to connect as a parent. Well, we've got this animal here and I've got the children. How I can use this learning opportunity to uh, help my children in becoming just better people, better kids, and also help them in learning. Mm, that's incredible. Barb, I want, as we wrap up this episode, I, I want to give you the opportunity for our listeners to uh, know where to find you. I know we talked about your books on Amazon, which I'll put links to, but also, like, is there any other place? I know you had mentioned Instagram that you post um, some information on there as well. Um, yes. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Thank you so much for this. So I am on Instagram. That's where I'm really mostly active. Uh, educator. Uh, I am also on Facebook as Barbara Vocatus. I am on LinkedIn as Barbara Vocatus. I am on Threads. I am on uh, where else? Uh, Twitter, but mostly on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website, www.barbaravocatus.com. That's a great way of staying in touch with me too. Is there anything that you want to leave with our listeners? It's um, 
any final thoughts that you have for us today? Um, my final thought would be really um, to the parents. Uh, parents have more power than they maybe even know. And a lot of this power, I believe, lies in innovative dog therapy. It's just a matter of getting this out to the parents. So I would like to empower parents in finding about it. Um, connecting with people like me and not only to learn more about it and to advocate for this in their school districts and to never take the answer such as, oh, we cannot do this. We have some kids with uh, allergies. This is going to be a problem. Uh, don't ever take it as an answer. Work with the administration, with the teacher, towards um, uh, making this as a possibility, learn about it, equip yourself with the knowledge about the benefits of this dog therapy and innovative dog therapy, and fight for, the, um, for your children's future, really, in that way. That's how serious to me this is, because who doesn't want to have their child in the school accompanying, accompanied by a friend. Anything with a friend who sits next to you or comes to visit you once in a while is so much better to take, to learn, and empower. And um, the teacher or an administrator cannot be always this friend because it's a totally different connection um, between the child and, and another adult in the school district. Only an animal can become this friend. And from there, uh, the sky is the limit as far as um, helping the children in both lowering their anxiety and other issues and um, helping them in better engagement, motivation, and ultimately better results in learning. So that's my final thought, really. <laughs> mm. And it's so powerful. And that is so powerful. I love Thank it. You. I love it all. Thank you so much, Valerie.